welcome Jurassic fans to the 61st, yeah, that's right, 61st episode of Jurassic Fans, a rather nerd podcast. I'm your host, Daniel, and he's the man who's getting a degree just so he can call himself doctor, just like Malcolm. Matthew Millen. Hello, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. I soon will be a doctor. I'm still a Jedi master, but I'll get there eventually. Yeah. Daniel, good sir. How are you today in this, I have to say, lovely day? Yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely. I'll be helping myself to some tea in the meanwhile because we're getting too formal in the intro. Oh, me as well. Some quite good tea. Hello, hello you. boy. Hello, boy. Oh, hello, dudes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you having What's about tea? The tea, tea? Well? What happened to the formality? <laughs> the formality goes down tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> all right you know i was just expecting something uh, whatever okay so yeah we are here doing another reading of the discarded script that was so rare you know that we could have this as the final product you know in the movie but no we're just left behind no that's not how life works yeah unfortunately so uh, we're starting to die on page 70. If you're following this with us, just remember that uh, the PDF, you know, the link for the, the PDF is on the description down below. So just go for it if you don't have the PDF. Now that you have it, just go back here. Let's start it. And as always, it starts with uh, Dr. Matthew Millen. No, no, just Jedi Master. Oh. Yeah. For, for the while. Or okay, Dear Master let's... Matthew Millen. Now it's the new title. Oh, sure. Can be. But I still prefer Jedi Master because, you know, Jedi's lightsabers, zhong, zhong, zhong. Masters. <laughs> Masters, yeah. That's, that's my, my favorite one. Oh, me dead. All right, uh, let's do this. You ready, my boys? Oh, I am. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Cut to external high hide night. Eddie, Judson, and Kelly sat back against the railings of the high hide. Thank God. Thank God. Malcolm's voice comes over the radio. Over speaking. Kelly, are you all right? She takes the radio, her voice shaky. <laughs> Cut to internal trailer, night. Malcolm is at the radio. Wait there. I'll come up in a minute. Don't move, understand? Over speaker. Understand. Malcolm slumped against the wall of the trailer. Sarah and Nick sit on the floor, leaning against the opposite wall, completely trained. Sarah pulls out her pocket recorder and speaks shakily into it. That's the Jetson. Tyrannosaurus Rex does nurture its young. They laugh weakly. There's, a, there's an unwritten rule when a news crew is in a war zone. You stop the van every two miles on the side, whether or not you go on, whether or not you feel lucky. One no from anybody in the group, and you turn around right there. No question asked, nobody embarrassed. Pause. Well, well do we go on? Immediately. No. No. No way. They all laugh. All right, I'm satisfied with the evidence we have right now. I feel vindicated. And John Hammond will too. To Sarah? 
Do you have enough to publish? They will come after me, but I can collect some still samples for DNA with that Nix tapes and the rest of you to back me up. It should stand when we get back. Getting up. Then the only thing left to do is make sure we do get back. I'll call the mainland on the satellite phone and uh, have them send the boat right now. This expedition is over. He goes to the desk and picks up the heavy gray satellite phone that's rested in a battery pack. The front panel lights up, a brilliant green. But from the wall speaker, the radio crackles and Eddie's voice breaks through, soft and empty, over speaker. Oh God, I'm so sorry. Malcolm and Sarah look at the speaker box. What the hell is he sorry for? A Loretto sneaks into the trailer. Malcolm, Sarah, and Nick takes a step back from the walls, looking around. The rattle gets louder. The trailer shakes and vibrates. Everything in it starts to bang against the walls. And something huge smashes into the side of the trailer. They're all thrown back to the far wall. There is an earth-splitting crack of electricity. The entire trailer rocks and sparks a brilliant blue. And then everything goes black. The satellite phone flies out of Malcolm's hand and smacks against the wall. It lands on the floor, its number pad still glowing green. Nick crawls over and looks out one of the windows. Outside, the flank of one of the tyrannosaurs wipes past the window, revealing the second tyrannosaur charging straight at the trailer. Hang on to something. They hurl themselves at the nearest solid ob object and hang on for dear life. The charging wrecks slam into the side of the trailer, which rocks up on one side, bangs back down, and is quickly rammed again by the furious animal. This time, the entire trailer rolls over, completely upside down. Sarah, Nick, and Malcolm let go of their precarious handholds and drop onto the ceiling. The tables, chairs, lab equipment, everything that's bolted down clings to the floor above them. Everything that isn't rains down on them. But the rexes aren't done. The trailer jolts into motion, sliding forwards. Seen from the outside, the upside-down trailer, which is the rear of the two trailers, slides along the muddy ground, pushing up earth in front of it. In the trailer... They're pushing us. Malcolm, frantic, crawls up to a window to get a look outside. He looks down and sees a T-Rex footprint in the earth outside as they move past it. He cranks his head to get a look at the direction in which they are being pushed. His eyes widen at something he sees outside the window. Oh, God. What? They are pushing us over the cliff. Sure enough, out the back, of, out the back window we see a few more feet of muddy earth. And then nothing but inky black. The three of them look at each other for a moment and then crawl like hell toward the other end of the trailer. The opposite end reaches the edge of the cliff and starts up to tip ever so slightly downward. They reach the accordion-like accordion connector and Malcolm crawls into it. Through the windshield of the front trailer, which is right-sided up, Malcolm can see the two Rexes hard at it, pushing the front end of the trailer. 
in the trailer. Nick has a pretty good grip at the top of the trailer, but Sarah can only clinch to an air vent in the ceiling as stuff starts to roll and tumble past her, headed downhill. The angle increases, the trailer dips, and now stuff starts to free fall right past her, some smashing her in the head. Malcolm, still in the connecting tube, grabs hold. Sarah, starting to be pulled downward, paws at the refrigerator, getting a grip on the handle. The door, held by a safety latch, doesn't open. Below, below Sarah, debris falls on the rear window of the trailer. Through the cracking glass, we can see the surf crashing 500 feet below. The refrigerator boats suddenly crunch free of the wall. The box drains on its power cord. Still clenching to the handle, Sarah swings wildly as it starts to come loose, swaying above her. The safety latch on the door gives. It swings open, and a shower of food bag bangs off of her as gravity empties the contents. Sarah loses her grip and plummets through the now vertical trailer. She screams, covers her head, and smashes into the rear window. The glass spider webs, but does not break. 500 feet below, an enormous wave pounds the rocky shore. Above, Sarah is a tiny figure, sprawled out on the grass, on the glass, held invisibly by the breaking window. In the trailer, Nick shouts to her, Sarah, don't move! Sarah, stunned by the fall, blinks a few times, regaining her senses. She looks down at the crashing surf so far below. For a person with a fear of heart, heights, this is a real drag. As she stares, the rocks seem to move even farther away from her. She blanches. The world spins around her. Oh, God. Please. Her breath fogs the cracked glass. Slowly, she tries to get up carefully pulling herself up to her hands and knees. But as she puts pressure on her hands, the glass cracks even more. Tiny spiderwebs shooting out, shooting out around her fingers. The whole glass panel sags, bowing out around the bottom of the trailer. Up above her, Malcolm looks down and sees the satellite phone precariously balanced on one leg of the kitchen table. Its number pad still going green, glowing green. Nick is closest to it. Nick, grab the phone. Sarah looks to her right at a metal grating that runs along the wall of the trailer. She shifts her weight, leaning on one hand to reach for the grating with the other. Nick reaches for the satellite phone. Its antenna just six inches from his outstretched fingers. Sarah leans toward the metal grating. All hairline cracks shoot out around her pivot hand, shaking through the glass. The splintered grass spread like a disease. It wretches the edge of the frame, and her hand cracks right through the glass. She gasps and pulls her hand out, but now she knees smash through the glass. Nick has two fingers on the phone, but suddenly the whole trailer shudders and the heavy phone tips off the table leg and falls. Sarah, look out. 
Sarah lunges from the metal grating and clings to it just as the heavy phone whizzes past her head and smashes into the glass, opening up a huge hole in the center of the black window, of the back window. <laughs> Underneath the trailer, glass, food, lab equipment, and the precious satellite phone fall out of the broken window and smash on the rocks far below. In the cleaning, the trailers are, are split like an owl. The rear trailer hanging straight down, the forward one resting on the edge of the cliff. Satisfied with their work, the T-Rexes turn and lumber back into the jungle. In the trailer, Sarah climbs carefully up the metal grating. Up of her, Nick lowers himself as far as he can, reaching for her. On the cliffside, we realize the hanging trailer halted its descent because one corner of its wedged because one corner of it is wedged in the branches of a tree that grows out from the muddy cliff. But now those branches splinter. In the trailer, Malcolm sees the bellows. The connector between the trailers stretch as the floor trailer jerks and dips lower. Below him, Sarah Mountain climbs through the trailer's kitchen, inadvertently kicking the faucet on as she struggles for purchase. Outside, the tree branch snaps and the trailer jerks, stretching down again. The bellows expand to its full length, stretching like a slinky. Inside, Nick knows he has to hurry. He climbs down, bouncing off the built-in furniture, moving even closer to Sarah. But Sarah slips and loses her grip, dropping a few feet. She gaps hold of the sink. The flowing water starts spraying her face. External jungle, night. Eddie Carr is in the driver's seat of the Jeep, racing through the jungle as fast as he can. Hang on, hang on. The foliage smacks the windshield, then clears suddenly, revealing the endangered trailers on the cliffside ahead of him. The Jeep bounces through deep footprints left by Rex and the skids to a halt. Internal trailer, night. Sarah loses her grip on the sink and falls, smashing into the frame of the half-broken rear window again. Outside, Eddie boats out of the car and runs to the front trailer. He shouts in through the broken front window. Hey, hello? In the rear trailer, the three look up from their precarious position. We're in here. Get some rope. Outside, Eddie turns to and runs back to the Jeep. He grabs a coil of rope, secures one end around a tree, and hurries back to the trailer. In the rear trailer, Eddie dashes over the mess in front of, tra in front of the trailer and crawls out into the extended connector. He peers over the edge, down into the second trailer, and tosses the rope. Catch. The rope falls through the center of the trailer, its end dangling, out, dangling all the way out to the smashed rear window, but the trailer shudders, starting to move again. We are sliding! Cleans up if you can! Outside, Eddie runs out of the trailer in time to see the wheels dragging forward through the mud as the weight of the dangling trailer pulls the whole thing toward the edge of the cliff. He runs for the jeep and grabs hold of the power winch of the front grill 
Behind him, the trailer rose closer to the edge of the cliff. Eddie races back to the trailer, pulling out a length of cable behind him. He runs up to the still-moving trailer, dies for its towing hook. The cable goes taut, and he falls shortly, just by six inches, but he's out of cable. Damn it! Inside the trailer, Nick and Sarah are now together, climbing the rope near the bottom of the trailer as it shifts around them. Malcolm is further up, also clinging to the, ho- to the rope. Outside, dirt and rock pile around the wheels and spill over the edge of the cliff. Eddie, back at the ch- jeep, reels out more winch cable. He turns and races back to the trailer, just as gravity, gravity starts to lift the front end of the ground. Eddie dives again, and this time the cable hook clicks securely into the trailer's towing hook. The trailer lurches toward the edge of the cliff and stops, but the jeep is jerked forward by the sudden pressure. In the trailer, Malcolm clings to the hope in the mid to the rope in the middle of the trailer while Nick and Sarah try to struggle up, up it. But a sudden dig knocks them back and their hands slide down the line. Screaming, they slide through the trailer and their feet smash through the remains of the rear window. Regaining ho- hold of the rope at the very end, the two of them now find themselves hanging out of the rear end of the trailer dangling over the rocky shore below. In the Jeep, Eddie hits the gas and the tires slosh in the mud, trying to get a grip. The Jeep pulls just enough to lower the front trailer back to earth, but the tires spin, fighting to hold it there. On the cliffside, Sarah and Nick dangle, desperate. In the Jeep, Eddie chunks the shifter into four-wheel drive, and guns the engine. As the motor roars, the sound is stopped by another roar in the distance. And this was not a machine. But Eddie doesn't seem doesn't hear it. He guns the engine again. There is another roar from the jungle. Eddie hears this one. He darts a look at the side view mirror. In it, he sees one of the Tyrannosaurs bowed out of the jungle behind him. He gasps and looks at the other side view. In it, he sees the other Rex racing toward him. The Tyrannosaurs stomp forward to confronting the roaring Jeep. The first Rex bends over, jumps down the rear tire, and lifts the car to its, te- to its teeth. But the spinning tire lings in, te- in the Rex's mouth, burning it. Surprised by the fight in, in this fall, the Rex loses its grip and the Jeep bangs back down onto the ground. Eddie, horrified, dives down under the steering wheel to get away. The gas pedal pops up, which makes the trailer pitch over the side of the cliff. But the Rex stomps down on the Jeep to prevent its escape. The trailer stops. Now the Rex is leaned down over the Jeep and focus on Eddie, who still covers under the steering wheel. The first Rex snaps at him, hitting the steering column with it leaving Eddie fully exposed. He screams, and the second Rex lashes in, seizing him in its teeth and tossing him out of the car. Eddie pops up into the air between the two Rexes, 
Both their heads flash at him at the same time, and in a split second, he disappears between their teeth. Now completely ignored, the jeep rolls freely forward, and the trailer drops over the edge of the cliff. Inside the trailer, Nick, Sarah, and Malcolm cling to each other as the rope and the rope as the trailer falls around them. The windows flash, the windows flash by as the trailers plummet. Equipment bangs and scrapes them, but they hold on to the rope, still tied to the tree for dear life. On the cliffside, the trailers slide the rest of the way, exposing the three, who pop out the space where the front windshield was. Dangling from the rope, they look up and see the jeep, which is now rolling to the edge of the cliff. It falls past them, and the whole mass explodes on the rocks below. Finally, it is silent, except for the sound of the surf. External clearing, night. It's quiet up, the, up here too. The wrecks is nowhere to be seen. At the cliff, a hand appears from over the edge. Then another. Sarah pulls herself up, back into solid ground. Then comes Nick. Then both of them reach over and help Malcolm up, up over the edge. They collapse there in the mud, completely exhausted. Softly. Eddie? He looks at the other two. They glance around, then drop their heads. Sarah hears a sound in the distance. Oh, God. No what? From the edge of the jungle, a crisscross of flashlight beams moves, moves towards them. But rather, that, but rather than the three or four that would signif signify their own group, there are nearly 20 of them. The hunters, Peter Ludlow, is in the lead. Roland and AJ with him. Dieter is there too, shepherding Kelly and Dr. Judson along in front of him. Malcolm sees Kelly. They call out to each other and race together. Malcolm falls to his knees and hugs her as tightly as he possibly can. Are you all right? Anything broken? I'm fine, I'm fine. I was scared. I thought you... Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. Roland looks around at the mess that was their base camp, mostly to himself. That's what you think. Cut to external ruin base camp, night. In the ruins of the first team's base camp, the survivors of the night's two separate catastrophes stand face to face in a heated argument. Malcolm sits off to the side, still holding Kelly in his arms, just looking down at the ground and shaking his head. There's something about his posture of defeat that is far more ominous than any of the hot tempers that are flaring. Ludlow rants to Sarah while Dieter look, looms menacingly over Nick. Prospecting, sabotage. You could go to jail just for being here. Did you know what? Did you know that? Don't start a Lego argument with me. This island isn't your property and neither are these animals. Dr. Judson has encountered Dr. Burke. What you doing here, Burke? There's no TV cameras. That's the point. Dr. Judson, you exist outside the classroom. I am amazed. Dieter continues to get in Nick's face. Are you looking for a problem? An urgent whisper. 
Everyone, keep your voice down. Back off, doctor. Listen to me. By moving the baby Rex into our camp, we changed the adults perceived territory. They what? She oh, God. Oh, God. That's why they persisted in destroying the trailers. They now feel they have to defend this entire area. We're not safe here. Of Sarah and Nick. Thanks to your people. Hey, we can come here to observe. You came here to strip mind place. It's a loader mentality. All you care about is what you can take. None of that matters. Our communications equipment has been destroyed. If your radio and satellite phone were in those trailers, that went off the cliff. And I'm guessing by the look on his face. He points at Malcolm, who is still off to the side, sitting stunned in silence. Malcolm looks up and nods slowly. The grimness of their situation sinks in. We're stuck here, ladies and gentlemen. And we are stuck together. 